Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. What's up everyone, you're listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast, your number one source for all things Chelsea. Game review time, not been a good week has it, we lost 3-2 to West Ham in a London derby, but it's a double game week review as we review Chelsea's demolition job against Arsenal in the FA Cup as the women's team completed a domestic quadruple, and we may even have a special guest to break it all down. Welcome back everyone to another episode of At The Bridge Pod, I am your host Mikey and we, we well... We have a, a bit of a double-packed episode for you today. We've got two games to review. Um, but first, we're going to have a check-in. We've got Burp and Chris, as always. And we have a special guest who's a, a big fan of the show. And we really appreciate getting the uh, the fans on board. And it's it's Christmas time. So, you know, we like to you know spread the joy. So, Burp, Chris and Becky, how are we all doing? Hello. Yeah, I'm, I'm really good. Um, I still haven't done any Christmas shopping. And I really need to, to be honest. Mm. Um, but I've had a decent weekend other than Chelsea losing, of course. But Chelsea women have won the FA Cup, which is always good. Smashed it, Chris, they did. Chris, Becky, how are you doing? I'm all right, to be fair. Uh, I'm a bit tired. I am ready for this, so I've got stats for later. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> Ooh, I'm fully expecting to go off on some sort of tangent at some point. So you nice. can you can all look forward to that. Uh, Becky, how are you? Yeah, really good. Uh, excited to be on, um, but a bit nervous, so <laughs> we'll see how we go. Oh, you don't need to be nervous. You don't need to be nervous. <laughs> None of us are professional at all. That's, that's and if you, were, if you heard mine and Mikey's like, first three episodes, like it, it was dreadful, let's be honest. Like, it, was, it was poor. It was poor. It wasn't professional at all, was it, Mikey? Well, really? well I thought I, I succeeded expectation, which <laughs> no, was very no, low. Okay. No okay, expectations. So you... <laughs> I succeeded those by just... I was, the... just I was just letting the team down, clearly. That's what it I was. just turned you, up. Mikey, you was fine. Yeah, you was fine, I turned Mikey. Up. It was just me. It was just me. So, first off, we have a poor performance in a London derby in midweek, and it was followed by... Well, we'll find out as we took on West Ham. That's what. Oh, it's gone in! And West Ham are three and a half minutes away from a steal! West Ham three, Chelsea two, where to begin? I, I personally have no idea. I just don't. Um, oh, team, do you, do you know where to begin with that result? Uh, Mason Mount's goal was good. I didn't think yeah, it was that was. great. It was all right. It was all right. What? It was all right. What? Maybe I've just been a disillusion with seeing wonder goals every week, but... Oh, I mean, oh, I, 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 yeah, I think that's a bad. All right, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> the pass from Ziyech is is brilliant as well. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's a good ball. The technique from Mount to do it, that side foot, it looks he's made it look easy, but it's a very very good goal. Fabianski maybe could have saved it because it was near post, but it was an incredible goal. Uh, that's probably about all of the positives really. Thiago Silva was all right. That's about it, I think, for the positives, if I'm honest. Being brutally honest. Well, you say about Thiago Silva, he, he did make a few mistakes early on. And then <laughs> yeah, he, looked he was solid shaky. for the rest of the game. No, he, he, looked, solid, he looked but... shaky to begin with. But I think the problem is, at the minute, we, we all look... Not all the players look very, very nervous on the ball. Um, Rudiger looks very shaky. Christensen does. Obviously, Mendy. I almost predicted Mendy was going to make a howler before he did for the third goal because he... With his passing, um, he didn't look commanding like he normally he does. Um, you almost predicted he, he was going to make a mistake again, especially after the penalty. Did you um, see his score, his rating for the game? No, but... I, he got a 4.4. 4. 
I don't really look, like to look at oh. I, I like to sort of make up my own mind, really. But it, look, it, it was the worst game he's had. So, and look, he's been fantastic for us. So you can't really blame him much. But we're making it hard for ourselves. If we want to win the league, we can't be dropping points like that in the manner that we did. No, no. I mean, it's a nightmare game for Eduard Mendy. I mean, fair play to Masuaku. I've got to say, he saw the chance, he took it. That's quick thinking, and it, it paid off. Did he mean off. it, though? Did Probably not. It? it paid off yeah. well. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to cut straight to Becky. What were your thoughts on Mendy and just that general that general game, really? Uh, to be honest, I thought it was pretty shocking. I didn't see all of it because I was at work, but the bits I did see, I didn't like what I saw. I think, in a way, we're a bit not... I don't know, a bit complacent at the back now. I think we, we've we took for granted that it's worked for so long. And then when we come up against a team that press and, you know, have got quick players, we just look like we panic and Mendy definitely panicked. So other than the goals, like Mason Mount's goal mainly, I, I didn't really have a lot of positives either, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, he's lucky he didn't get sent off, to be fair, because sometimes they do that. I don't, I don't think the pass helped him, though. I don't think George, I know he should have cleared it, but I don't think Jorginho's pass did him any favours at all. He's not, had a good, he's not had a good few games, has he, either? Well, oh, you say the that. Ballon d'Or curse is coming up. He has played very well, Jorginho. He's just had yeah. two mistakes, really, that have let him down. But, yeah. yeah. Chris, what were you thinking? Uh, Becky's hit the nail on the head with the complacency thing, and I think that started from the Man United game. I think... We went into that and that was a very complacent performance. We've all, we're almost playing now with an arrogance that we're not going to concede goals. So once we score a goal, that's it. We've won the game. And you, you can see that with the building from the back. And it, it comes from Mendy. The past three games now, he has been so poor with his passing. I think he's kicked the ball out of play more than he's passed it to a teammate. He keeps trying that clipped pass out to the left back or the right back and keeps putting it out of play. I, I don't, I mean, it wasn't just it, the mistake for, for the penalty. His passing all day was shocking. He took a touch where I thought he was going to run it into his own goal. It looked like more, it looked like a FIFA glitch. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It seems like a lot of the players have become distracted by other things. Like, ever since really the run up to the Ballon d'Or ceremony and after it, it's like the players aren't focused on the right thing. Mendy's had all that stuff with UEFA about the Senegal kit and keep getting mixed up with the other Mendy. I just think a lot of the players have lost concentration, so our levels have dropped massively. I actually think, though, this sort of complacency issue, and I, t- I totally get where both of you are coming from, um, and I totally agree, but I think we've had this problem for a long time. I don't think it's just this season. Yeah. I think when you look back at like games, especially like last year against West Brom, and even under like Sarri against Bournemouth, we almost go into these games where it's almost a cockiness and arrogance that oh, we don't need to be 100% to win these games, where actually you do. And that's why Man City and Liverpool are so good, because they don't go into games thinking that we're the best team in the league. We're going to roll over you know, Brentford or whoever or Watford, whoever it may be. So, And, and that's why they, like Liverpool, have won like, I think they won four games in a row, scoring more than five goals. They they don't take any game um, in that manner like we do, like that complacency. They never have that issue, neither do Man City. Um, and we've had this problem for a long, long time now. It's not just this season. And unless we sharpen up, we will not win any Premier League anytime soon. I, I mean, no. we we brought on three attackers and they kind of contributed nothing. I, I mean, oh, oh. Go, goals conceded aside. 
we have it I'm getting the impression we have no idea how to play with Lukaku on the field because when Havertz came off it was a big deal. Do you have you noticed that Becky with Lukaku have we not got have we not worked out how to use him when it, it should be really obvious. Oh 100% and I I even think now him coming on I still don't understand why he's on the bench if he can't play any minutes but um when he does come on he looks like dejected he doesn't look like really part of the team but yeah we just haven't we haven't played to his strengths at all really um the first couple of games we were playing him really well we were using him to hold up the ball turn players all that kind of stuff but i don't know over the last sort of maybe seven or eight games we just haven't used him at all we've we've kind of built from the back and then gone wide and lost the ball and then not created enough chances which is why we're not scoring with our forwards properly mm. i mean the problem is as well he did so well against arsenal and we, he's known when he's on a run of form he's a he was on the right hand side sort of cutting in for inter but we're almost using him like Man United did. And yeah, he can do a job, but that he's he's shown in Italy how good, he, well, world-class level he can be. And, oh man, it's... The, the it, thing it's is with Lukaku, mm. the thing is with Lukaku, I don't think confidence is an issue with him. I think if you give him a chance, he will score it. If you give him a one-on-one, he will score it. But it, can you name me three one-on-ones that he's had since coming to Chelsea? You no. can't, can you? No. And, and and that's the problem. He's, he's not getting the chances. And when you don't get when Lukaku doesn't get chances, I don't think he's necessarily one of these players that's going to just run past three or four people and score a goal. He needs to be fed the ball more. He needs to you need to play to his strengths. It's it's so obvious to see, and he, he he's going to look dejected. He's going to look like he doesn't want to be there because no one's playing to how he wants to play. No one's playing to his strengths. And unless you do that, he isn't going to score. He isn't going to get any chances. So against another thing, we just need to need to sort out really. I mean, that's that both of you. That it's fact. It, you know, it isn't Lukaku's fault, so to speak. Everyone knows that he can score goals. Wow, he did. He did that for Inter Milan, no problem. But we don't know how to play into him, off him, or around him. And it, he was getting so few touches on the ball on our front line. It was just like, you know, it's. I know seeing some fans say it's his fault. He's not scoring. But how's he supposed to score if he doesn't have the ball? You know, I mean, to be fair, you've segued into my uh, into my stats perfectly. Oh, uh, yes. Perfect bring, on the stats. bring on the stats, Chris. Come on. Come on. Firstly, just before I do, though, on Lukaku, he come on, he played a half against West Ham. He didn't have one touch inside the opposition's penalty area. Oh, and, so but, bad. And we're asking him to score goals. It's it's pathetic. Um, but if you look at our, the last two games that we've dropped points in, Man United and West Ham, I thought Man United was absolutely atrocious in the first half and we should have been 3 or 4-0 up and we wasn't. And then we conceded the first goal early in the second half and then we're chasing the game and drop points. I thought we was better than West Ham in the first half. And again, we didn't kill the game off. And it's because I've said it about 8,000 times, I think. Our attackers aren't good enough. And now I've got all the stats to back it up. And I think I'm being perfectly fair with these. Right? So the last 18 months... So the whole of last season, and let's face it, we're almost at the halfway point of this season now. I think, yep. right? So the last season and a half, and I'm even including all competitions. So like Carabao Cup against Luton, right? The only attacking player we have who has double figures in goals is Timo Werner. The only player we have double figures in assists is Timo Werner. Everyone else, oh, wow. last, last season, uh, no, this season, Christian Pulisic, Nine appearances, two goals, no assists. Last season, 43 appearances, six goals, four assists. Ten goal involvements in 43 games is atrocious. One, that's a goal involvement every 1.43 games. What, what's that about? Wow. 
that's that's not good enough. Mason Mount last season five and four. This season nine. No, this season five and four in eighteen, which actually isn't that bad. One in two. He's improved this year, but again, last season nine and nine, eighteen goal involvements in fifty four games. Not good yeah. enough. Hudson Adoy last season ten goal involvements in thirty seven games. Not brilliant. This season four in fifteen. Hakim Ziyech seven in fifteen this season. 10 in 39 last season. Havertz this season, 7 in 19. Last season, 18 in 45. Lukaku, last season at Inter Milan, 44 games, 30 goals, 10 assists. 40 goal involvements in 44 games. This season, he's come to us, the the, the death of attacking players. 14 appearances, 4 goals, 1 assist. I think it's interesting as well. You say about the goals and the assists. I mean, just looking at goals, we've got Mason Mount on 5. So it's not, not not too bad. Then Reese James on four, Ben Chilwell on three. That's an interesting front three of top scorers for us. Watford, on the other hand, have got Ishmael Assar on five, Josh King on five, and Emmanuel Dennis on six, and they're relegation battling. And then when you look at our rivals for the title, which would be City. City's a bit of a difficult one because they don't really have a, a, a striker as such. They've got silver banging in the goals. But no, no but they have about eight different players that can score. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. That's true. Great. Very They're yeah. very versatile. Let's look at Liverpool. Um, Salah, well, he's, he's probably arguably the best player on the planet right now. Um, Salah's on 13. Then you've got Jota on eight. And he was a, a throwaway player when he was signed. Many people didn't think that was a good move. But mm. And then Mane on seven. Um, that, that front three is actually a front three versus our two defenders and Mason Mount in midfield. It's, it's, it's a worry because you thought Lukaku, I mean, injury aside, you thought it might have clicked by now. I think, though, I think the other day... Um... I read someone on Twitter, which I thought was right. It might even have been in our Twitter group chat, actually. Someone said it, that we've got a lot of very talented forwards, but we haven't got a world-class one. Um, Mm -hmm. Since Hazard left, we haven't got a world-class attacker. Lukaku should be, but the way he's playing now, he isn't. But he is, but just not for us. Yeah. Uh, But we haven't got a world-class attacker. But I think I I had an epiphany the other day as to why this is, because Berth every week says the same thing, that... This isn't just this season, last season or the season before. It's been going on for about six or seven years with our attackers. We don't build our team around our attack because we always employ pragmatic managers. We had Mourinho, Benitez, Conte, Sarri, now Thomas Tuchel. They're all managers who they, they start at the back. So they build the team around being difficult to beat and hard to score against and difficult to play against. And then they rely on individual players at the top end of the pitch to win the matches. Whereas Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, for example, they build their entire team around their attack. Guardiola isn't that bothered whether they're conceding one if they're scoring four. Mm. He doesn't mind that approach. He, He wouldn't care if his team wins every game six three. You know, he, he's not that bothered about the, the conceding goals. And uh, Jurgen Klopp's the same. He builds his team very much around his attack, getting the best out of his attacking players because goals win you games. Clean sheets are great, but you're more likely to draw a game if you're only keeping clean sheets than you are to win it. Whereas if you're conceding two goals a game, but you're scoring on average four, like Liverpool are, they're yeah. more likely to win the game. Whereas we're more likely to draw now, because I would say our goals against and our goals for are sort of evening themselves out. It so, probably doesn't help we've got the injury crisis that sort of hit us a bit. No, Ben Chilwell's been the biggest miss, I think. I can't believe how him coming out of the team seems to have affected everyone. 
Mm. I, um, I actually disagree there. I, ben, ben Chilwell is a big miss, and I think Alonso's been shocking since he's come back in. But I yes. actually think um, our midfield has really let us down. Now, I'm not saying Lasse Sheik and Jorginho are terrible, because I love both of them, and I think they're both class players, really are fantastic. I just don't think that midfield works. Um, and obviously, yeah. Saul the other day had an, had an absolute mare. Um, but I just think that midfield, it's like chalk and cheese. It just doesn't just doesn't go well. You can't build. Lasse Sheik has on the ball for too long. Jorginho looks very safe on the ball and he's making mistakes. Whereas if Kovacic or Kanto's next to Jorginho, they'd bow Jorginho out with his lack of legs. Um, yeah. Kovacic can dribble past players quicker than Lasse Sheik can. Kante is a machine and just wins the ball everywhere over the pitch, so you can sort of almost let him do what he wants. Whereas Loftus Cheek can't win the ball back as quickly as Kante can. He isn't as good a passer as Jorginho, and he isn't as good at dribbling as Kovacic, and he hasn't got that in product like um, like Jorginho or Kovacic has that final ball. So it just doesn't quite work at the minute. I think we're getting bypassed too easily in midfield. Um, and I think going back to your point about our attackers. I still think the reason why we're playing five at the back and why Tuchel's playing this formation is because our, he knows our best attackers are our full-backs, which is mad, yeah, really. Yeah. But that, that's why he's, he's playing the wing-backs so they can get up the pitch and they can score the goals and they can get assists because they are our best form of, of attack. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think on them points, Becky? It's nice to get a fresh perspective that's not just us three old, grumpy people here. So, what, what, <laughs> hey, I'm not old. <laughs> I am. I feel I am. I am. <laughs> I mean, I'm not much better, to be fair, because I agree with everything you've just said, really. I just think we've really struggled sort of creating chances, like we said, for Lukaku or even Werner. We don't play really to his strengths. We're we're not yeah. utilising his speed enough at the moment and playing him behind. We like to build up slowly. And like you said, it's it's not, you know, we're not going to win the Premier League by just using our, our full-backs because, like we've just seen, when they're not playing, we, we fall apart. We don't know what... It looks like we don't really know what to do with the ball. And that's when we're panicking and making mistakes at the back because we're not, we, we don't really know where to go with it. And I think the injuries are quite a big concern, especially now with Kai and everything. We don't know how that, how that's going to play out. I don't really know how we're going to score. <laughs> yeah, no, you're spot on. I, I mean, it doesn't help that you're going into the, the literally the crunch part of the season. I mean, it's seven, seven games in 22 days. The, after Leeds this weekend, um, the biggest, the length, well, the longest rest period the team have got is five days between the home game against Leeds on Saturday and the home game on Thursday against Everton. And then it's Wolves away in three days, next three days away at Brentford in the Caribou Cup. And then three days, it's Boxing Day, we're at Villa. Three days, it's Brighton. Three days, it's Liverpool. That's, oh, Amazing. that's going to, that could, we could actually, depending on how the injuries play out, Kovacic looks like he could be back this weekend, but we don't know how on, on the ball he will be, because obviously coming back, it's not like FIFA, but we could be out of the title race at the end yeah. of that period. We hope, hopefully not. I mean, that, that's extreme, but you, you never know. It's always a bit of a, at the moment, the momentum is not with us, I wouldn't say. No, definitely not. No, no I totally agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because you think Man United, after we beat, well, no, we demoli- we did a demolition job on Juventus 4 0. Poor against United, 1 1. We only just beat Watford. Because oh, yeah. we've, we've spoken about that. And then West Ham, you think the momentum's dropping off when it needs to be ramping up because you, you want to hit that stride of all these games coming we, up. We always struggle in December, though. I don't know what it is. We do. Like, I don't December, get that. It's like Christmas. Yeah. 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 And we've got a good enough squad. I, I don't get it. Hopefully, it's just a minor blip and hopefully we get back on track. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. So that's the negative part of the pod out of the way. Uh, some positive vibes. I think we need those. Um, last season's FA Cup final was played yesterday. Yes, that's that's 
there was loads of stuff. There's a reason behind that. It's like the pandemic and everything, how it all played out. So, yeah, last season's FA Cup in this season. It is what it is. Um, it was between Arsenal and Chelsea. And this Arsenal side have been pretty impressive this season. They're arguably the best two teams in the WSL this season. Um, Chelsea, they delivered the tactical masterclass. So they ruthlessly ripped apart this Arsenal side with a 3-0 victory. I, I watched the last about... The second half, mainly, whilst putting up the Christmas decorations. So, <laughs> going to get some thoughts on this result. I'm going to start with Becky, as she's the guest. <laughs> she, um, she, well, just what, what were your thoughts on that incredible, incredible win? Uh, I just thought it was absolutely incredible. <laughs> Sorry, my dogs are barking two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, I thought they were absolutely incredible. Um, all the players were amazing. Emma Hayes was just absolutely spot on. They didn't, they just couldn't touch us really um in particular there's a few you could name all the players really but I thought Ingle was just outstanding she played a little bit like Jorginho does when he's on form just always there to pick up the pieces always there to offer a pass and you know to, to sort of accept the ball when they needed someone to pass too quickly Cuthbert was incredible down that right hand side obviously Sam Kerr was just out of this world oh, and how she's got class. the confidence to do that in an FA Cup final at Wembley in front of 40,000 people is just scary really how she's got that confidence and Fran was just amazing from the start really she was so intense they just yeah. they clicked don't they and that's what I think we miss in the men's team is that you know they just click and they work they just I don't know it's like second nature to them really mm. no totally agree I mean Fran Kirby was utterly unplayable wow yeah. and Sam Kerr I'm a huge fan I've always and I'm so glad when we actually signed her you know, she was just world-class. And that that lovely chipped goal. I mean, the audacity to try in a cup final. I said that. I mean, the fact it went perfectly into the net as well. That's, that's yeah. that. If we talked about for the men's team, Drogba, he used to define finals. Sam Kerr defined that final herself. You know, the big-name players stepping up. And let's not forget, I think many did question her ability in the WSL during her first season. To yeah. be fair, I've heard this on other pods as well today I was listening to. I, I agree with their, their, their opinions on it. It was so unfair because it was such a... A, a random and disjointed season with the pandemic going on. It stopped the season midway and, you know, he couldn't get a, that run going. But her partnership with Frank Kirby, it's just helped her achieve her best in a blue jersey. And it's I think that partnership is at its peak right now. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, they're like telepathic. They just know where they are. It's incredible. Mm. Guys, what what did you make of that that final? Yeah, it, it, superb, really. I mean, I think Emma Hayes... Um, you could argue she would go down as one of the best ever Chelsea managers, to be honest. Um, oh, yeah, she's, 100%. She's absolutely incredible. Um, I've always liked her. I think she's a tremendous pundit as well. So if she does ever go out of managing, I think she should become a pundit. She's one of the best ones I've, I've seen in a long time. Um, but yeah. yeah, during the Euros, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, she was super, absolutely yeah, enjoyed really, her really good. when she was on yeah, commentary. And even just as a pundit, she was brilliant. Um, but I think, yeah, the Chelsea women's side have just got that ruthlessness that sometimes the men actually lack. Um, you talk about killing games off yesterday. They killed that game off. Arsenal didn't get a sniff. Um, Frank Kirby, Sam Kerr. I mean, what a goal that was at the end. I mean, it, it was like Ramirez against Barcelona. Just oh, yes. absolutely <laughs> incredible. Just cherry on the top. And celebrations at the end were incredible. Just the women deserve it. I think it's the domestic quadruple I've got now, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's correct. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is an incredible, incredible achievement. They should get all the credit they deserve because they really are an incredible team. I mean, they did something. That, I mean, they created. They had eight, they had 16 shots yesterday. Eight were on target. Arsenal had none on target, but Arsenal had all the possession at 64%. Now stats are just stats. You know, you can say make anything from those, but it sort of shows that we were clinical. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like I said, like something that the men sometimes aren't. You know, the, the girls showed them how to do it. Um, 
the finish at the end, even like the first three minutes like when we scored, just one chance, bang, in the back of the net. That's all it takes. Arsenal are deflated then, and then you just you just mm. kill them on the counter attack. You kill them when you haven't got the ball. Kill them with the ball. Well, it, it's you, that early, yeah, exactly. That early goal. I mean, unfortunately, we've we've been on the the end, the bad end of that when Champions League final, when Barcelona yeah. scored yeah. in the first minute, and then they scored again about ten or so minutes later, and then another ten minutes, and then by half time it was four 0 and you think it, Liverpool might have done it in the uh, the two thousand five final, but you think it's not going to happen, is it? And it's such a no, it, that could have been five rare, trophies. It? Yeah, yeah, it's. It was absolutely devastating because they really deserved that Champions League, but Barcelona were another level. Um, Chris, what what were your thoughts on the demolition job of yesterday? Uh, I think Eva Hayes, as a just you know, as a coach, I think she's learned a lot from that Barcelona game and the Arsenal game in the WSL earlier in the season. Mm. Uh, I think both of those games, uh, she set the team up to go and play them and try and dominate the game, and I think on both occasions it cost it cost the team. I think Arsenal earlier in the season, Chelsea going into that game obviously as favourites, so they the setup was to go there and dominate the game, and it was actually Arsenal who who picked Chelsea off and uh, and won quite convincingly. And I think she learnt from that and she tweaked and she was almost happy to let Arsenal have the ball, knowing how dangerous Sam Kerr and Frank Kirby are. If you give them chances, and especially on counter attacks where there's going to be space, so I think tactically, I think Emma Hayes has got that spot on. I think it's massive credit to her, and I think as a coach, that's what you're always looking for uh, from your manager to learn from things they got wrong in the past and turn it around the next time. So I think she deserves massive credit, but I think it does come down to the fact that the difference between the men and the women's teams is they have got those two world-class forwards, Frank Kirby and Sam Kirby in the women's game are probably as good as you can get. Outside. Well, they, sit, they sit top of the goal scoring in the Super League at the moment. Kerr's on nine and Frank Kirby's on uh, six. Exactly. So, you know, having having those world-class attackers, it does give you that edge because you, you only have to give them one or two chances and the ball will end up in the back of the net. And goals change games. I think scoring so early in the cup final is is massive. As like Berth said, it, it deflates the other team and then it allows you then to just soak up that pressure and play on the counter-attack. But the the Sam Kerr lob, I think, is one of the best goals I've seen at Wembley. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That was absolutely... Uh, it's like I said, the audacity to try it and to succeed, it's just another level. It's just, that's that's the difference between world-class it, it, and, and not, you know, it's outstanding. It's interesting you say about uh, scoring early. Uh, in a cup final, I just remember Everton and Louis Sahar first minute. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't yeah. work out for them, did it? <laughs> but to be uh, fair, Chelsea have scored first in a cup final in like 30 seconds. Di Matteo, FA Cup final. We yeah. won the game, didn't we? So true. it can always work. But to be yeah. fair, FA Cup finals recently for the men's team have not been fun to watch. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Oh, man. The amount of times you go, oh, it's going to be, it's not going to go well, is it? I don't, I don't, when did we last win an FA Cup final? It's got to be a while now. 2017. Really? That uh, sounds like yesterday, but it's no, probably no, a lot no, further than Because 2017 was the one that I went to when we lost to Arsenal 2-1. I think it was the year after. I think it's 2018. Yeah, I'm just quickly scouring Google. Um, we lost to Leicester, great. Right? Lost to Arsenal. Uh, beat Man United in 17-18, yeah. And then lost the previous season to Arsenal. Conte yeah. second season, wasn't it? We won the FA Cup. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because it was... Was it the Hazard goal? Yeah. yeah. Penalty. Yeah. Penalty, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. He did. Oh, it's nice to hear that name. It's you don't often. I forget that Phil Jones is still a Man United player. 
Yeah, all the football. Oh, he's been there for nearly 10 years, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Wow, wow. Um, you know what? I'm going to give the final closing thoughts to uh, to Becky to, to close us out. But what, what do you think uh, going forward with both the women's team and also the men's team as we enter the Christmas period? I think the women just need to continue what they're doing, really. I, I don't know that there's maybe another team out there that can that can beat them. To be fair, I don't think they should fe- fear anyone. Obviously, in the Champions League, if you get Barcelona, then that's yeah. different. <laughs> um, in the sort of WSL and stuff, I don't think there's anyone that they can't beat and you know go on and win again, which would be incredible. And the men, I just I don't really know at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, I- I don't really know what the answer is. We need to gain momentum again. We need a couple of good games. Hopefully the one at Leeds on Saturday, because I'll be there. So I'm hoping nice. for a good oh, game. Nice, very nice. <laughs> Hope, hopefully it's, it's a three o'clock kickoff. We, I say we don't get yeah. many of them. It feels like we're getting a lot of them recently. Yeah. It's like, uh, okay. Um, yeah. yeah, they certainly won't be going in my treble. I don't want to curse us. It's like, no. <laughs> the funny thing, the Barcelona women's team, they're top of, their, of the La Liga. Of course they are. Um, but they've won 12 of 12. They've got, well... <laughs> Sociedad are in second place. They've scored 26, conceded 12. Barcelona have conceded three, scored 72. <laughs> it just says, it just shows how dominant they are. That's just like, that wow. Is, that is ridiculous. That's, that's, it, that's just ridiculous. That's insane. The amount that's of games. That's unfair. That's like, two goals. Well, they did play Sociedad on Halloween, and it was an absolute nightmare for Sociedad because they lost 8-1. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. the amount of times you'll see 8-0. They scored, though, at least. Well, yeah, you see nine nine goals, eight goals. It's it's just wow. I mean, they're scoring eight and nine for fun. That's another. It's insane. I, I don't even think. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Somebody just needs to buy all their players. Yeah, they've got yeah, them. Yeah, they've got yeah. the Ballon d'Or winner, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. I'm not even going to try and pronounce names. I'm dreadful. No. <laughs> well, everyone knows that. So yeah, but no, that that obviously with that we've come to the end of another episode of At the Bridge Pod. Um, more than just wanted to say thank you so much to Becky for coming on and giving her insight on it because it's always nice to have a fresh perspective especially a, a fellow fan of the pod as well it, it does mean a lot because it, it's nice to have our community that we have here so yes definitely, thank you very definitely. much thanks for having me not a problem we'll surely have you on in the future as well <laughs> so obviously you can already follow us if you don't already by searching for at at the bridge pod um, we'll be back for our week to catch up with you all on Friday evening so hopefully a positive result when we come back from Russia. So till then, that is us signing off.